Hello and welcome to Armenian Women Empowerment. I normally do a little advertising um, to continue our By Armenian is the season. But today I am going to advertise a very good friend of mine who might as well be Armenian. She lives here in Glendale and she is doing something so phenomenal. I don't know if you've heard about her but I wanted to mention her here and let you know what she does in case this is something that you uh, think you might want to try out. I think you should. She's really, really phenomenal at what she does and also very gentle, I might add. Samantha Englerth is a life purpose coach, Reiki healer, teacher, and intuitive medium. She gives clients the tools to trust their inner guidance and helps them to create a life of authenticity, vision, and purpose. Absolutely, positively, truthfully, I can vouch for her um, doing that very thing with me, helping me to create a life of authenticity, vision, and purpose. She's launching her new Empath Empowerment Group series starting on April 1st, 2021 via Zoom. The group will learn skills to thrive as empaths, exercises to strengthen their abilities and self-care, share in a safe space, and get to know other empowered empaths for support. Her office is in Montrose. She offers in-person and virtual sessions by appointment. Visit her on her website at samanthaenglerth.com. That's S-A-M-A-N-T-H-E-A-T-H-A-E-N-G-L-E-R-T-H dot com. Or you can call her. Area code 323-573-0461. Check her out. I did. I'm so happy. She is my guiding force each and every year since about 2017. Check her out, Samantha Englerth. Bye. Hi, this is Jackie from Armenian Women Empowerment, and I'm wishing you a very happy Easter, first of all. And second of all, I wanted all of you to know what an empowered vacation. I just took a little break uh, with my son on his spring break that turned out to be actually a blessing of two weeks instead of just one. And uh, thankfully with remote learning, we were able to make that work. Um, you know, I have always wondered if maybe we don't take enough time out for ourselves. And even though during this pandemic, we are still in a pandemic and COVID-19 is a reality, I felt like uh, the safety of having a middle row still blocked out on an airlines and a gift uh, from an angel friend of mine could not be missed at this time in our lives where we have been largely sequestered at home and very COVID safe. Um, I have the vaccine, my son does not yet. And again, I do not take lightly that we have the vaccine and I just throw all caution to the wind. I am very cautious. It was a lovely trip 
and I discovered a lot of interesting things about myself as an Armenian woman. Um, I was there for a Passover too, so happy Passover to those Armenian adjacents that are also perhaps half Jewish, like my niece is half Jewish and celebrates Passover. Uh, I had I had an opportunity to meet with Armenian women, uh, meet with an old uh, boyfriend. I had an opportunity to meet with some uh, old girlfriends from my UCLA days. And I have to tell you, I love, love, love New York, first of all. Second of all, I am really loving the empowered feeling I get from just the walkability of all of it. When you can just, you know, use your freedom and your feet to take you places, even mundane, normal, you know, uh, routine, errandy places, it's an absolutely positively empowering feeling to be able to do that and not have to jump in a car in a vehicle that is really kind of dangerous if you think about it <laughs> it's a dangerous vehicle <laughs> and um in all that jet lag i was really appreciative of walkability too because that keeps me focused i've always liked uh visiting vegas for that very same reason um even though there isn't a lot of um you know jet lag to worry about with las vegas and california but still like i've always liked being able to just hop on my feet for a while and not drive around and around in circles and sometimes in a daze and all of that uh you know gas fume all over the place it is nice to walk it is freeing and empowering to just get up and say well i am literally just going down to grab a cup of coffee or to you know um go grocery shopping for a few items uh you know one bag <laughs> of things and bring it back um but um other empowering things that i noticed in new york as an armenian woman was that uh, we are not taking care of our armenian women very well we need to start doing that we have a generation that is slightly older than me. They call it the boomer generation of Armenian women. I'm not gonna name names, but I got a chance to visit some and we really need to help each other out. I find it very interesting that um, over the years, we've heard this before, we've heard this in, uh, you know, in, in uh, rhetor rhetorical rants where somebody says, well, you know, Armenians don't take care of e each other, but the Jews do. The Jews take care of each other. Why can't we take care, care of each other? And it is a rhetorical rant and rhetorical question, right? Why can't we take care of each other? But we need to start answering this rhetoric. We need to start doing something about it. We have a generation of elders becoming more elder by the minute that could use some empowering assistance. And I don't mean expanding a welfare base. I don't mean relying on, you know, the government of uh, New York, California, Chicago, wherever it is that Armenians live in, um, in this country. I mean, expanding it out to all who would benefit from it. You know, we all have our situations and uh, some of us are, uh, you know, heroes of the home and some of us are heroes of the war 
and we need to take care of each other. We've done a lot for the community. We have a community of volunteers that is aging before our eyes and still expected to work long hours and uh, you know for pennies on the dollar. So this really made me feel bad. And again, without like going into detail, uh, you know, too much detail because it is Easter and I want to keep it light and Eastery, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's a, a, a beautiful, a new year, if you will, and new springtime. And I do want to keep it light and Eastery. And I did come back from a fabulous, fabulous trip, but I cannot fail to mention that I didn't like what I saw. I did not like what I saw and how our women are being treated and expected to just, you know, continue to be uh, caretakers into old age. So here are some of the things I think we can do to help our elders. One is get a cooperative going. Okay. My, my boyfriend's mom lives in a cooperative run by Jews run by Jews, for Jews, by Jews. And I think that that is so cool. It's a very clean complex, a clean building, and it's a cooperative. If, 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 if any of you know what that means, I'll, I can kind of explain it to you. Every cooperative has their own flair. Um, I went to a cooperative, uh, I, I stayed in a cooperative building when I was at UCLA. It's a very wonderful lower, uh, you know, rent or, you know, housing payment situation as long as you are enrolled in the school and um, some of it's subsidized by the school if you're, if you're a student, of course, and um, some of it you subsidize yourself by working, working a few hours a week, for example, or um, producing something per week. Every cooperative is a little different, but I just think that this is such a great idea for our elders who are becoming elder uh, more and more. And uh, we already have a problem in this whole country of taking care of the baby boomers that are starting to age up. Uh, but that aside, I feel like we can benefit from helping our own, our own women and keeping them empowered. Like how about a cooperative for Armenian genocide survivors or descendants of Armenian genocide survivors? How about grandchildren of Armenian genocide survivors, a cooperative for that? Why not? Wouldn't that be so cool to have a housing unit where you don't have to work uh, under somebody else's wing and you can be in your own you know, space with your own people, your own loving, you know, Armenian uh, uh, cultural base and celebrate the same kinds of holidays that we celebrate. Why not? Why can't we do that? I think we can and I think we should. Because at the end of the day, the Armenians are all we have. We have each other, you know? And as small in numbers as we are, we could probably come up with a really inexpensive building that's all our own. It wouldn't even cost that much, right? Because we are just so small in numbers here in the diaspora. What, what would it hurt if we just had, you know, um, 
a, a, a small building. And I'm not talking about Ararat Home. For those of you who live here in Los Angeles, you know there's Ararat Home. I'm not talking about shoving uh, the elderly, like 80 plus and can't even walk inside. No, I'm not talking about that. That's, a, that. that's not the retirement community I'm talking of. I'm speaking about a nice place for anyone 60 plus. Okay, maybe even 65 plus. I don't know. I'm not like the director of these kinds of things. And maybe I should be. But I think that we need some kind of place like that where we can, uh, you know, we can continue our friendships and, and not work so hard on helping other people <laughs> uh, thrive. Let's work on thriving ourselves. Maybe we all had or, or have a business that is really cool to share and maybe we could have like an arts cooperative or a craft cooperative. Armenians are very crafty. If anything, this war has shown us that we have a lot of uh, Armenian women-based businesses in uh, the craft department. You know, we could do something like that where we're helping each other and the only requirement is to be somewhat Armenian, right? And, um, and an elder. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see this happening soon. I really would because I'm also getting older, right? I mean, I'm going to be 55 this year. I'm not quite at the stage where, uh, you know, work is difficult or getting around is difficult. It certainly isn't. I'm blessed. Uh, but I'm also, you know, I also work hard for that. I'm not just blessed. I work hard for that. But, um, on this Easter Sunday, I thought that I'd share with you uh, some ideas that would Im help empower Armenian women. Because seeing some of the women I visited growing older and having some difficulties in that aging process and having worked so hard for the Armenian community, we need to be there for one another. And maybe the one thing that the Jews have gotten right is to support one another from day one, but it's never too late. You know, we can cut the gossip against each other and the banter against each other uh, that doesn't service anyone um, very well. We can cut that now and we can start thinking about how we can help our Armenian women who definitely will out-age and outlive the Armenian men that they may or may not have been married to. So, I, you know, I'm talking about a, a place exclusively maybe for women, but it doesn't have to be. Um, I'm talking about maybe a cooperative for our Armenian women in the community that have served you know, on committees their whole lives, you know, servicing ARS and AR, a, a, I'm sorry, ARS their whole lives, or maybe uh, volunteering in the Armenian, uh, you know, uh, prelacy schools over the years. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like we have such a wonderful opportunity here in our times in our COVID careful and COVID friendly even times to recognize and cherish the Armenian women in the diaspora that have been really hanging on for dear life, even after all they've 
put forth in the community and contributed, they deserve more. They deserve better than to be cleaning up after someone's crap into their old age. They deserve to live a very good, meaningful life into old age. And I think that developing a center like this, you know, a live-in center, like a retirement cooperative or something like that would be such a great addition to our community of diasporans slowly but surely exiting this world and leaving behind less and less Armenians. Um, we have nothing to lose and everything to gain and I'd like to see this happen. Um, so on this Easter Sunday I leave you this. Now <laughs> kind of tongue-in-cheek, tongue take me with a grain of salt. I know you all do, right? You take my Armenian feminism with a grain of salt. But think about this. If Jesus did not die for our sins, then that would mean nobody has sinned. So I hope you've sinned very well this year so that his dying for our sins has not been in vain. Have a great day, sinners. I love you all. And happy Easter. Hi, welcome to Armenian Women Empowerment. This is Jackie, your host. Thanks for joining me today. I hope that this discussion is going to be really important to you, like it's important to me. Um, first of all, I just wanted to let you know that as a rule, I don't like to talk about other people's lives because other people's lives aren't exactly my life. I just like to share my life with you because that's the life I know to be true and that's my truth. And that's what I try to do on this show is share my life experience with you and how I became empowered from a very disempowering relationship of almost 20 years. In still coming out of that, I find myself not trusting men in a certain way. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. But first, I just wanted to, you know, clear the air in that, you know, abuse of women, especially Armenian women, doesn't just happen in a vacuum. And, you know, that's it. Okay, it's just a certain kind. This abuse happens all throughout the family, and it is an all-encompassing, uh, uh, usually an all-encompassing thing. It's very rare for just the man in an Armenian family to be the abuser or the one that puts the woman down in more simplistic terms, right? It's not just the Armenian man that does that. It's a whole family involved in this. There's a whole back, uh, you know, um, a backstory going on, usually without the woman even knowing that that's happening. So there's usually a lot of gossip. And, you know, in my case, there was a lot of gossip going on, people talking about me behind my back. Uh, ironically, they, they, they spoke about me behind my back, but to other 
non-Armenians in the family, they would speak in front of their backs, <laughs> right in front of their face because they could, because the American, uh, you know, spouses in their family didn't understand Armenian. I understood both Eastern and Western Armenian. Western because I was born that way, in the famous words of Lady Gaga, and Eastern because uh, of my experience in Glendale, my career experience and my kind of growing up adult experience in Glendale. So you can understand that that that, that this was something that had to be planned. So, you know what I mean? Since they couldn't talk about me in front of my face because they knew I'd understand, like, you know, like they would talk about the other spouses, like one of the spouses was actually very much an overweight, heavy person, and they would always make comments about him. And, you know, one day I, I told him, I said, you know, hey, do you know that they talk about you? <laughs> and he said, I, I hear them talking. I assume it's about me. I, I can never tell these things. And, you know, pretty soon he figured it out and they divorced, um, you know, because my ex's family just has all kinds of issues there. But again, there's stemming, it stems, the, the abuse of one person is rarely ever just one person. Um, we touched on it lightly when we spoke with Mary, uh, with Mari Matosian, um, you know, when, uh, I'm sorry, Mato, Matosian, when she was talking about how uh, the mother-in-laws get involved. And you know my story with my mother-in-law and my uh, father-in-law, in fact. And so it's never in a vacuum. It's never just the man and the woman having this emotional, physical, oftentimes, or verbal breakdown it's the whole families involved in the demeaning and disparaging of the hush, the woman. And so in understanding this, you must understand that what happened to Meghan Markle and the royal family doing that to Meghan Markle was not just one person. It was a family affair. And she publicly expressed that to us, that she was essentially abused and shit upon by the entire family. In fact, if you'll notice in her interview with Oprah recently, I'm sure you watched it, I did. Um, I didn't watch all of it. It was pretty painful, the part that I watched. so. I know that it took a lot of courage for them to speak up and speak out, but you'll notice that she never said anything directly about the queen. In fact, you know, she didn't really have anything particularly against the queen, okay? But the family involvement in her um, feeling the way she felt, very validly feeling the way she felt, was a family affair. And what a lucky lady to be married to such a courageous young husband as hers. Because instead of muting her voice, he was the backup singer for her voice. He was actually front and center stage 
and amplified her voice, protected her voice, helped her speak her truth. Now that's a man that did not get involved in the family gossip. That's a man that didn't get involved in the family disparagement and uh, gossip against his wife. That's a man who is really exemplary of all men and how all men should be protecting their women in cases like this and beyond. There's something very noble about a Megan's story and uh, the support she had from her husband, Harry, it, it really just resonates with me in such a way I can't even express. I know I'm having a hard time making the connection, but I think that for those of you who understand what emotional abuse is and how um, emotional abuse is tied under the domestic violence umbrella and it involves all of these different things where the family is involved with the gossip of you and the feeling that comes down through you to, to you it is all encompassing it isn't just uh, one day your husband says x y and z needs to be done and you think okay well i'm all willing to improve you know sometimes you go up to your own spouse right and you say hey you know x y and z needs to be done and can we work on that and you help each other and you support each other no in in you know i totally understand how this form of abuse starts. It's rarely one of the spouses that does this to the other. It's usually the whole family that is behind the scenes, you know, aunts, uncles, mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, grandparents, in-law. It's usually a whole slew of people that back up the abuser, whoever the abuser. In this case, it wasn't Harry. Harry's not the abuser, right? But it, you know, in, I, I do believe that this is important to recognize that a family affair isn't a, exclusive of royalty or, you know, um, a celebrity status. This is something that's very old world and has been going through families for years and years, Armenians included maybe even Armenians especially. You know, I'm Armenian and I can speak up for other Armenian women that have had really negative experiences in their family and very rarely do they have a spouse that can speak up for them and be that amplified voice and not be a mute button or a, you know, sweep it under the rug button. I was married to that kind of spouse who swept things under the rug, put the mute button on and kept his thumb on the mute button for a very long time. It allowed me to breathe a little bit and let up the mute button to speak every once in a while. I know you understand this because we're all zooming around and 
we know how valuable that mute button is. It really helps us to hear, right? When you put the mute button on, you're helping everybody hear everybody because it's technology, right? Sometimes it gets fuzzy out there. And so the best thing to do is to press mute while other people are speaking, right? Or the teacher presses the mute button and allows everyone to speak when it's their turn so that we're not like hearing all of this reverberation, dogs barking in the background, cats meowing in, in my household. That's what we have a lot of <laughs> cats meowing. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that it, it, you know, I compare it to the mute button. And this is something that, uh, you know, was done constantly to me. I was like, let up every once in a while to speak. And I thought that whatever, whatever truth I spoke when I was angry about what was going on, when I, you know, came to my, uh, my then husband and, you know, trusted him with certain things. And I spoke up and said, Hey, you know what? I really don't like what your what your dad said about me it wasn't nice it's cruel and um you know it's it, it it's basically ignorant and you know he would let me speak for a little bit and it seemed like he was hearing but then very soon after there was that look of how dare you talk about my family in that way and how dare you speak up against the parents parents are always supposed to be respected and revered and um you know, not in, uh, in his case, not in the right way. And, um, you know, I, all I can, t all I can say, all I can say is I totally understand Megan's world. And I may not have felt those suicidal tendencies because I always feel like I've had a very strong heart and that really never came to mind. Although I do recall a few times in that awful marriage that I just did not know where to go, what to do. You know, when you're not physically beaten, it's very hard for you to, you know, make that phone call to the domestic violence center because you're like, I'm not being physically beaten. I, you know, I might be confused here. Maybe I'm just confused and I always had hope. So I guess what I'm saying is I always had hope. I may not have known where to go. I may have spent a lot of time brooding and thinking about this. And that's the thing though, we're not all the same. We're all very different. We're all made up of different strong genes and weak genes and you know middle genes. And you know what I'm saying? We, we all have a different makeup. So clearly I see what can happen to someone who maybe like Megan, you know, didn't have that internal support system for herself. And just God bless her that she has, the husband that she has, and really spoke up for her and did the right thing and made serious, uh, you know, um, moves and not just metaphorically, serious mental and physical moves in the right direction to protect his family. Now that's a real man. That's a man that's not responding. That's a man that is responding to the abuse, but not reacting to it. Does that make sense? He's responded to the abusers in his family. And he's said, he's said loud and clear. He said, 
this is bullshit. I'm out of here. How can you do that? You know, it was hard. It was hard to hear her. And again, we put these people on pedestals and we think they don't have problems. They, we think that they don't look at their Instagrams and their uh, social media and, you know, and, and, and all the a-holes that come on there and, and say things and kind of reinforce the racism, reinforce the abuse, reinforce the sexism. You know, it, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And um, I applaud him for that so much. I really do. You know, I always think that as, as an Armenian woman in the world, I can relate so well to the black American community, to, um, to the Latina American community. I can, I can relate so well because our cultures are so very similar in how we raise our women and how we, you know, have um, experienced turmoil and conflict in our socioeconomic status and our, um, in, you know, in our gender roles. I really relate to this kind of thing. I think that we have so many similarities. And um, the difference being is there are so few Armenian women in the world as a result of the Armenian genocide and others. And so we need to preserve as much as possible this very precious part of our society, the female part of our society, the women in our society need to be protected. We need that because we are the ones that will help pull the future forward for obvious reasons because we make babies and not so obvious reasons so let's you know let's celebrate how the Meghan Markles of the world are able to speak their truth and speak their mind let's celebrate the freedom with which she felt so comfortable to open up to us. And look, you know, I told you I don't like do the gossip thing. I never read those tabloids. I've never, you know what, their lives are their lives. But when, when Diana, Princess Diana spoke up, I think she paved the way to say, hey, I don't want to be treated like this. Hey, I don't want to be treated like some kind of trophy and like a back burner part of the royal community. Like she really stepped on um, Prince Charles's wildly obvious affair <laughs> happening right under her roof for crying out. She was the pioneer, I believe, in a world that everybody thought was perfect, the royal family, and she paved the way for Megan and the Megans of the world to really speak up and speak out against the abuse, the emotional abuse of women. It's gotta stop. 
you know, it's it goes back to the Equal Rights Amendment, right? ERA. You can't separate racism and sexism. You just can't. It's all the same. If you are sexist, you are most likely being racist too. Because a white woman is revered a little bit better than a colored woman. A woman of color is going to be, you know, um, is going to be judged more harshly than a woman of the white race. It's just the way our worldly fabric is because we're still so closely tied to the old world ways that are not serving us very well. So I applaud the Meghan Markles of the world. I applaud you for speaking your truth in your family and and speaking out against the you know um, the 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 demeaning of the women in your family. See it, say it. That's what I say with with the uh, with the gossip against Armenian women, by women, by men, by your spouse, by your girlfriend. It doesn't serve anyone. It doesn't serve anyone to do that. Maybe it makes for some good comedy. Like I feel like, you know, Mary Basmajan has really done a really good job of, you know, making fun of the way we gossip and stuff. And I love it. I laugh so hard. But there is truth to it. There really, really is. There's such a grain of truth that just has to go. Because at the end of the day, you're not in a comedy in real life. That's your real life where people are harshly judging you because you're not the harsh that they ever expected you to be or you're the, um, you know, forgive the term, the black sheep of the family because you're choosing to, um, you know, because you're choosing to dye your hair purple instead of, uh, and I'm not talking about, (laughs) I'm talking about the old lady purple. I'm talking about you're deciding to dye your hair a certain color, right? And so that doesn't make you the black sheep of the family. I think that makes you stand out and look more beautiful and set trends. It really does. It makes you more interesting. So shame on us for getting involved in that kind of family gossip that can result in a serious mental health issue for you. Like in Meghan Markle's case, thinking about taking her life. Like, wow. And don't say, you know, I know some of you are sitting here going, well, you know, Armenians don't have the media. At least we don't have it. No, we do. We have media. We have social media. And it hurts. When I'm hearing, when I see, uh, you know, all the vitriol and hate of the Armenian teacher, you know, Armenians are are teachers and educators and uh, school psychologists and lunch lady. When I hear the bullying that goes on by other Armenians in our community, you know, pushing people to get back to work as though, you know, there's something, as though we're, there, there's something that we did. It's our fault that there's a pandemic and, you know, their, their kids are really, no, that's gossiping against women too. 
that's bullying your fellow Armenian woman too. It doesn't just happen inside of your uh, marriage, inside of a, a husband and wife's house. It doesn't happen in a vacuum. It gets fed upon and fed upon and fed upon. So yeah, maybe we're not in the tabloids experiencing that, but you don't think it hurts when we see it on our social media pages, when we hear about it from a friend who said, you know, hey, I just heard so-and-so talking about you. You don't think that hurts and affects our mental health? I told you right now during COVID-19, this is not a time to be hurting our mental health as Armenian women. This is not a time. We should be uplifting each other and promoting each other and supporting each other, especially at this time. Because when your immunity, your immune system is thriving and feeling good and not under stress, you're probably going to lick this COVID thing regardless of vaccine. I really believe that. I believe that when you're strong, like I honestly, sometimes I think that if I was still like, oh my God, like if I was still married to this guy, to my ex-husband and his family, who I have not talked to for now almost four years straight. Well, I've talked to him, but you know, because uh, because we, we share custody. But I guess what I'm trying to say is if I was stuck in this lockdown, open up lockdown, open up lockdown again with him, you don't think my immune system would be negatively affected by that, it would absolutely be negatively affected by that. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I refused phone calls from people I really liked because I was afraid of the backlash and judgment I'd receive from him and his family. I'm not joking. I stopped talking to my own family during my marriage. That's what they do. That's what the, this kind of abuse, this kind of Emotional abuse puts you in such a place in your mind that you think there is no one there, not even your mom, that can help you. So I am so grateful for not having to go through COVID with a toxic family like clearly Meghan Markle was experiencing. And maybe it took a pandemic for her and her husband to realize that this just isn't working, <laughs> you know. Sometimes when you're brought closer together, you definitely experience the true effect of who your family is around you. And right now, I'm experiencing a very true effect of how my little family is around each other. And we're really well, I'm happy to say. And that has a lot to do with the fact that we support each other. We're not disparaging each other. We're not making, we're not teasing each other in, you know, such a way that makes you feel so small inside. You know, the other day my son was telling me, he said, you know, that he's so happy to be home with his cats because his cats don't tease him and bully him at school out of the mouths of babes, right? Out of the mouths, this is something he said to me. This isn't something I 
noticed on my own or recognized on my own. He did. And maybe some of us aren't having that same experience because we are still in toxic families. And COVID-19 brought us all home to realize how toxic our family is. If you are in this situation, please, I encourage you to reach out to a domestic violence counselor in your area. I encourage you to call up a friend. There's always a support. We always have one friend that we know we can trust. Call them up. You know, let's be a voice. Let's speak up and speak out against sexism, against racism, against the, uh, the family that just presses that mute button and makes us feel like we all have to be so quiet and so, you know, susi musi quiet that we can't even open our mouths to defend ourselves, to defend our children, to, you know, speak our truth. Because if your truth is not spoken, then your mental health will be negatively affected. I continue to work on myself every single day. And honestly, after listening to Meghan Markle's story, I realize that I may not have had a spokesperson for myself. I certainly didn't but I realize how glad I am that she did. I'm so, so proud of her for having spoken out, shared her story, and allowed us to realize what a noble young man. Wow, Princess Diana, you did raise an awesome child. You really, really did a great job of being a mom under circumstances that were less than helpful, <laughs> under circumstances that were otherwise very terrifically hard. I think that right now, Princess Diana is smiling. She's smiling and shining on top of her son and, and his wife and really so happy that knowing that she paved the way for Megan to have a voice and that Megan chose to use her voice and share her story with all of us, with the whole world. I hope that you have a very empowered day and see her story as a positive thing that happened in the world. We need to raise our voices. We need to proudly speak up against familial abuse. Familial abuse has no place in our homes. And that, my friends, is a wrap. Hope you had a great time listening to this and I hope you also had a great International Women's Day. 
I think we celebrate every single day as International Women's Day and I'm coining it. <laughs> every day is International Women's Day. Hope you had a wonderful one. Bye.